Amen. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokalani, your host, and today my husband, Alex, is preaching about... God's Word Gives Us Wisdom. Listen to this excerpt from the preacher's commentary. A friend of mine who has been a drug addict for several years recently became clean and sober. As he began his recovery, he told me that the issue for him was not merely ceasing his drug abuse. The real issue was learning how to live. This is our issue too. It is the issue of life on this planet. How shall we live? Where is the guide to life? Every new car comes with an owner's manual, but where is the owner's manual for life? The psalmist answers in this strophe that it is the word of God. Our text today is Psalms 119 verses 97 through 104. So I'll go ahead and read those verses now. If you're at home, open up your Bibles with me. If not, that's totally fine. Just listen along. How I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. Your command makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers because your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the elders because I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path to follow your word. I have not turned from your judgments, for you yourself have instructed me. How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Amen. Why don't you pray for us real quick? I know this message is going to be right on time for someone who needs wisdom because you're in a place in your life where you're like, okay, I need to know what my next step is. I need to know. Um, what the manual says about this broken part in my life. So, yeah, why don't you pray for us? Yes. Father, thank you so much for um, just this time that we have to open up your word and share your wisdom. Um, We just pray that you would be glorified through this and that um, your truth would shine and come forth. Lord, we pray that um, you would convict hearts and heal hearts and give insight and wisdom through your word um, and that we would just carry this in our hearts in the days to come. Um, We want you to be glorified. And so we ask for your Holy Spirit to take control. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Episode 14 of this series that we're in, going through Psalms 119, each stanza, each trophe is eight verses long. Each uh, verse starts with the letter that's labeled above that little group of verses. And so this one is pronounced Mem, M-E-M. It, it's a, a Hebrew word and it's a or Hebrew letter. And the letter itself directly translates into a word for water. And so we think about water and we think about where water comes from. There's springs in this earth that spring up because water falls into a little hole and that hole creates pressure and that pressure pushes the water in a certain spot out and the spring water shoots into the air. And just like this water seemingly from an unknown place shoots out into life. The word of God is this spring of wisdom that shoots out and gives us refreshment, gives us exactly what we need. And so as each one of these verses starts with this letter, 
I want you to be thinking about water and all the things that water does in your life. It hydrates you, it refreshes you, it wakes you up. Even if you're to splash a little bit in someone's face, you know, while they're napping, it does so many different things. Without it, we cannot live. Wisdom is that important. And wisdom and water are synonymous in these eight verses. Verse 97, how I love your instruction. He starts off with saying in exclamatory uh, fashion. I love God's word. Now, why does he love God's word? I wish I could say, um, that I love God's word with the same amount of enthusiasm that he has in this verse, because I know I love God's word, but this guy's at another level of loving God's word. And we're going to see what that looks like, because unless you love God's word, you'll never meditate on it. If you don't meditate on it, you'll never obey it. If you never obey it, you'll never delight in it. And that's what we're really look, looking for when we look to wisdom. We want delight in God's word. We want to take as much delight in God's word than other places. It is my meditation all day long. So he's proving the fact that he loves God's instructions. He loves the word of God. Again, he's talking about the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, because at the time when he wrote this, it was that was the only uh, Bible that they had. It was what Moses wrote, the five first books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now we have more. We have the rest of the 66 uh, books of the Bible, and they're all inspired by God. The Bible tells us that uh, all scripture has been breathed out by God. And even the process of the process of the people who put together the 66 book of the Bible, even that was inspired because there were some books that were left out. Even that process is inspired. That's what we claim to as the church by faith. We know all these 66 books are inspired. We shouldn't add to it. We shouldn't take away from it. But for him to say, it's my meditation all day long. What he's saying is I love God's word so much and I can prove it by this. This word meditation, it means reflection. And it also means the word musings. What is a musing? If you're familiar with Greek mythology, a muse uh, is one of, or nine of the daughters of Zeus with a particular mother, because Zeus had a lot of wives. But Zeus and this one lady, they had nine daughters and they were called muses. And what, what these girls were, they inspired artists, um, creators and different artists on earth. They would pray and look to these muses as a source for poetry, painting, sculptures, whatever it was. What he is using this word for is to say that the word of God is that for me. I don't got to look to weird places. I don't have to look to other places. I don't have to look to culture. I don't have to look to songs. I don't have to look to books and stuff like that. Other books. All I need is the word of God to be that for me. The word of God is my source of creativity, my source of inspiration. I love it for that reason. I meditate, it all, meditate on it all day long. I'm constantly reflecting on it. So when everyone else is opening up their phones, their Instagrams, their Twitters, their YouTube, in the middle of the day to reflect on something, he's reflecting on the word of God. He's opening his Bible app. When everyone else is, is online shopping, when everyone else is um, comparing their bank account to someone else's bank account, whatever it is that they're doing on their phone, he's not pulling up that stuff. He's pulling up the Bible because he's saying all day long, I'm choosing to reflect on it. Why? I love it. I love it more than Instagram. I love it more than being entertained. I love it more than just flooding my mind with mind-numbing information. I've, I love it more than those things. And we're going to find out why. But we know a little bit from the title of this message, it's because of the wisdom it gives him. Verse 98, for your commands make me wiser than my enemies. 
for they are always with me. Number one reason why, the first reason why he loves God's word is because it gives him wisdom over his enemies. We see this in the life of Joshua, right? The Bible says all throughout the land, people knew who Joshua was. Joshua does something interesting when God tells him to take over Jericho, right? Remember God says, walk around Jericho uh, once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. And those were the instructions. Joshua, he goes and he tells the people exactly what God told him in the instructions, but then he adds something. Uh-oh, right? When people add to God's word, we're like, wait, wait a second. You know, to say this is from God and adding to it, but God didn't say that, what's going on? We know Joshua replaced Moses, which is gigantic shoes to fill. Don't like Moses and his brother took on all of Pharaoh, split the Red Sea, huge, huge shoes to fill. Joshua come, comes out, it says, these are instructions from God. And I don't want you guys to take anything from Jericho. When we knock down those walls, in a very unorthodox way, I don't want you to go in and take anything. All that's going to be God's. Where did he get that from? Wisdom. He had followed Moses so closely. He followed the laws of God. He knew what Moses is about. He saw decisions Moses made. He was discipled by the things that Moses did. And so when it came time for him to fill those shoes, he was able in wisdom to say, I know even further what God is saying. The six, the six days that they marched around Jericho, right? These six days, the words, the number six is a representation of man, right? So they walked around once for six days in a row, but seven, we see that number pop up a lot. God makes the earth in seven days. On the seventh day, they walked around how many times? Seven times. Joseph or Joshua was able to interpret this. God, I see what you're saying here. We can try all we want to beat down our battles, to defeat our enemies. We can march and march and march and march, but we're just as we're no good. But with you, that seventh day, everything that you do is perfect. That's what the number seven represents. Perfection, completeness. So we're walking around seven times on the seventh day because we're walking with you. And it wasn't the, the six days before that did it. It was this time. And you want to make that known to Jericho. You want to make that known to us that we made it out of Egypt because of you. And so everything we have is yours. And so when these walls fall down, we know that I know Joshua says, I know I, I, this does not belong to me. It belongs to God. God didn't even have to say that. He'd already made that clear in his law through Moses. Joshua picked up on it because of wisdom. You see what wisdom will maybe enable you to do? It'll help you to not only have more wisdom than your enemies, because as the enemies are watching them march around, they're like, what are these fools doing? I heard John Piper say, you want to get wisdom? Become a fool. What are these fools doing marching around? But they had more wisdom than their enemies. And Joshua also had this. Look at verse 99. He had more insight than all of his teachers because of your decrees were his meditation. He was meditating on what Moses had taught him, on the things of the law, Leviticus, Numbers, all those things, the stories, all those things. And he was able to make a decision that even the people around him were probably like, wait, we can't take anything? 
even maybe even the priest, maybe even the elders, they would have been confused by what Joshua was saying, but he had more insight. This word insight means discernment, understanding. Um, what is it about a teacher and what they teach? Well, a teacher, they come to, they study, right? They go to college, they go to university, they study, they study, they study, and then they get the degree and then they go to work. But then when the school bell rings, they go home. And the last thing that they're thinking about is their schoolwork. They're not thinking about teaching because for them, it's a job. For them, it reminds them of work. For, for this person, the psalmist, they're saying, your word, I have more insight than all my teachers because your decrees are my meditation. I'm thinking about them all the time. Even after school is out, I'm reflecting on them. Mm-hmm. They're my muse. I'm thinking about them. Why? Because they have made, as, as I've thought about them, as I've sat with them, as they settled in my heart, now I know that I'm taking this home with me. And as discernment in my teacher fades away, as they go off into their, whatever their routine is, as I'm still thinking about this, this, this discernment in me is growing. We see this in the life of Jesus, right? When he goes 12 years old to the temple and he uh, is teaching the elders there and he's asking them questions and Moses and Joseph are looking for Jesus and they had walked all almost all the way back home during this, you know, celebratory time. So they walked back to Jerusalem to the temple to find Jesus there teaching how they were thinking, like the people there in the church, how does this 12 year old boy know so much about the word of God? The word was his meditation. It's so funny. And, um, in the law of God, where God tells them there's some animals that you can eat and some animals you can't eat. And one of the criteria is that they have to chew their cud. And chewing the cud is like they, you know, a cow eats grass and they chew it and they chew it and chew it and they chew it and chew it. And that was one of the criteria is they have to chew cud. And it's just, even that is a reminder of the process of digesting, getting all the nutrients out of the word of God, chewing on it, the life source is not just grass, it's not just cow, it's not just plants or whatever, it's God's word. That's a life source. Chewing on it, chewing on it, chewing on it, getting the nutrition, getting the nutrition and then swallowing it and then taking more. The swallowing is the obedience part, right? Really digesting it and and then walking out with it, going out with it, chewing it, chewing it, chewing it. That is what made him have more insight. He was able to see into things that his teachers weren't able to see. This is going to blow your mind. I mean, some of you guys are in college right now. Some of you guys have skipped out on college. What we need to know is this, whether you go to college or not, whether that's in God's plans for you or not, this is the most important book you need to read. If you put Mm -hmm. this book above all your other textbooks, you'll understand what's in those textbooks. You still need to study. You still need to, you know, show yourself approved and, and do all things to the glory of God, but study this book first, Mm -hmm. put this first. Let's look at verse 90. I'm sorry. I keep looking at last week's text. Um, let's look at, what is it? 100? Wow, we're at 100. Woo. Quick celebratory moment. I understand more than my elders because I obey your precepts. Now, this word understand is a, a word that means like to detect, right? It also means kind of to discern, but I want you to think of like to detect, to point out to mark out something. 
He says, I can do this better than the elders in my life. Now, an elder is an example of the gray haired people, right? The aged with life. You're definitely supposed to get wisdom. You're supposed to get more knowledge as you get older and older and older. But that doesn't mean you'll get more discernment. It doesn't mean you'll get more detection skills. I know older people who may know a lot, but they have no discernment. They have no ability to detect what's really going on. He says, why? Because I obey your precepts. Because I obey God's precepts, his words, I have the ability to detect stuff that even the aged, even the older people in my life can't detect. That's heavy. And if this is you, you have to walk in this in humility because you can't just like jump up and just put an old person in their place, right? There's, there's a way to do that. There's a, there's a humble way to do that. We have to do it with respect. But we also have to know this. There's going to be times where the older people in your life are doing things and you're like scratching your head like, why are they doing that? Aren't they supposed to be, they're supposed to be a seasoned Christian. Am I supposed to be following that? And the temptation is as a young Christian to think, wow, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. What did Paul tell Timothy? Paul said, told Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. Mm-hmm. In our episode called Cleanse, we said, how can a young person stay pure? By keeping it according to your word. Don't forget, Jesus died young. When he, when he rose again from the grave, he was 33 years old, wiser than the oldest people on earth. All the people with the important tassels and important robes in the, in the temple, Jesus was wiser than all of them. Technically, he was at 12 years old because he is the infinite word of God. Obey God's word above everything else, and you'll even have more wisdom than the oldest, wisest people in your life. Verse 101, I have kept my feet from every evil path to follow your word. So he's, he's kind of like calling back to this moment in verse 98 where he says, I'm wiser than all my enemies. In verse 101, he explains even more why he is, because he's kept his feet from every evil path to follow your word. So there's a path that God has you on. And, and keeping your feet is the same as what it says in verse 100. Because I obey your precepts. That word obey means to guard. Guarding the word of God in my life, in my heart, guarding it. How do I guard it? By obeying, by listening to it, by constantly reflecting on it, looking back at it, focusing on it, meditating on it. By doing that, I'm watching it. I'm guarding it. I'm protecting it. I have to do this with Lucy when we're outside. When Lucy's outside in the front yard, she will try to run to the street or run somewhere she's not supposed to. And so guarding her, keeping her, protecting her means constantly looking at her. We're doing this right now with Lion at the beach because he has a broken leg. And so all he can do is sit there, but he wants to run around. So we constantly have to look at him, guard him, watch him, meditate on him, if you will, to make sure one of his brothers aren't jumping on his broken leg or he's not jumping in the water. This is what we have to do with the word of God. If we want to stay off the evil paths to follow God means to constantly keep your eyes on him. This is how Enoch was able to walk straight from earth into heaven. The Bible says Enoch walked, Enoch walked with God and then he was not for God took him. 
That means Enoch was walking so closely with God, he walked straight from earth into heaven. How? He kept his feet from every evil path by what? Guarding his way according to the word of God. Meditating on it, looking at it, saying, okay, is this the right step? Is this going to move me away from God or closer to God? Is this going to keep? The thing is, we talk about how to get closer to God. Christians are always close to God. You can't get any closer to God than having the Holy Spirit live inside of you. And mm-hmm. the Bible says the word of God, if we've hidden in our heart, which the word of God is Jesus, if it's in there, the word of God is sharper than to any two-edged sword, piercing through the soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow. That's close. You are close to God in this moment. How you remain one with him mm. is walking according to his word, following his word. Verse 102, I have not turned from your judgments for you yourself have instructed me. What does it mean to turn from your judgments? Looking at the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp situation, there's been a couple witnesses on the stand who overstep and they get out of line and the judge, not the lawyer, the judge has to set them straight. There's a different level of authority. When the judge says something, right? Camila Vasquez can say, no, 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 answer my questions. She can say that, right? And it can kind of like, okay, I'll answer your questions. You got my attention. But then they can go right off the path again. When the judge says, listen, I will hold you in contempt. Answer the question. Then you can see their tail go between their legs. Why? That's the judge. He says, I have not turned away from your judgments. Why? For you yourself. Who is that? The judge. The holy judge. God himself has what? Instructed me. So he's saying, if it was someone else that was instructing me, a teacher, an elder, even someone that turned out to be my enemy, if they were instructing me, I could have just turned away from their judgments, from what they said was right. But because you yourself have come down to earth in the form of a baby, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, showed me how to walk in your ways and took my place on the cross. All of that out of response to a holy God who out of his holiness cannot just overlook sin, must must punish sin. That's why we're watching Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. We, we know somebody here is wrong and somebody needs to get punished. A lot of us are on team Amber getting punished. We watch it. We can't, we can't miss a day of it. Why? Because we want to see someone get punished. Why? There's laws. So why do we think God should not have punished us? He had every right to punish us. He's way more holy than the judge in this proceeding of Johnny Depp. In his holiness, he says, I must Punish sin. Jesus comes down. He instructs us. He shows us how to walk in his ways. And he does that. Why? Because he heard your cries. The Bible says the reason why God chose Moses and took him and and rose him up to fight against Pharaoh with the plagues, with God's help. The reason why he did that is because he heard the cries of Israel. I need you to know that God heard your cries. Past tense. I'm talking about the cries that you cried way before ever finding this podcast, way before ever even knowing who me and Lokalani were, way before you even opened up a Bible. The cries 
your drunken cries, your intoxicated cries, your broken heart cries. He heard them when you thought no one else is listening to you, when no one else is hearing your, your, your cries. Psalms tells us he not only hears your cries, he bottles your tears. They're important to him. When no one else was listening, he was listening. And this is when you were at your worst. This is how we know that God loves us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why? He heard your cries. And that is why in verse 103, it says, How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. I heard someone say, the body has its taste, and so does the mind. The tongue has its taste, and so does the, so does the spirit. Just like with your tongue, you can taste how sweet honey is. Back then, honey was the sweetest thing they could taste. Just like they could taste honey with their tongue, with your body, with your spirit, you can taste the word of God. And it can be more refreshing and more energetic. That's the thing about honey. They would, you know, take a spoonful of it and it would give them energy. This is why probably John the Baptist ate wild locusts and honey. Why those two things? There was plenty of protein there and plenty of energy. So he could keep on pre preaching. The sweetness, the enjoyment of that, but also the energy that comes from honey, the word of God's way better. Eating of this, and the crazy thing about honey, you can eat too much. So Proverbs tells us, don't eat too much honey, you can make you sick. Solomon tells his son, the word of God, you can't eat enough. It's a buffet that you never, you'll never get full. You'll just want more and more and more and more and more and more. Every taste is sweeter than the one before, and it gives you real energy to live for God. To live for God means this in 96. 104. Or 104. I keep looking at last week's text. <laughs> um, I gain understanding from your precepts. This is what real energy looks like. Gaining understanding. Remember, that's the discernment. Nothing energizes you more than knowing exactly what to do. Everyone knows that feeling of like, man, you're, you're flustered, frustrated, because you can't figure out what your future is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, okay. Do I go this way? Do I do that way? Do I make this decision? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to stop doing this? Do I need to leave this situation? Do I need to stay in this situation? Do I need to walk into a new situation? Nothing energizes you more than knowing what to do. Because when you're feeling like that, you don't want to do anything. When you feel like you don't know what the path is and you feel lost, all you want to do is sit and sulk in it or maybe distract yourself by getting on your phone. But when you realize, okay, this is exactly where God's leading me, which is what wisdom is. Wisdom is not only how to do it, it's what to do. When you get that, it energizes you. You can't wait to walk in his ways. He says, I gain understanding from your precepts. And this is why I hate every false way. The word of God is like honey to him. Every false way is like bitter to him. He doesn't want that. He hates it. The more he eats of the sweetness of the word of God, the more he hates the false ways. This will be true in your life too. The more you meditate, you're thinking, man, I don't, I don't love the word of God like I want to. I don't delight in it. You don't meditate. You meditate 
on YouTube and Instagram and other stuff. You meditate on worry. You know, you're chewing the cut of worry over and over and over and over and over and over again. And so you're not delighting. The more you meditate, the more you'll obey. The more you obey, you'll realize that his promises and his word are true and helpful and life-giving. And then you'll delight in it because it'll be sweet to you. It'll be so sweet. False ways will become disgusting to you. You'll hate them. We see this in the life of the Lord where he was definitely living um, a life of tasting of the sweetness of God every day. But yet the cross was so bitter for him. He took a giant bite into wormwood, into the worst radishes you could think of. Giant bite into the wrath of God and died a bitter death. Crown of thorns, cat of nine tails, 39 times being whipped, carrying this cross up of his up the hill, splinters in his open wound back. You could see his bones being pierced in the side, screaming out in anguish. In an anguish that told us that this wasn't just the physical pain that was getting to him. There was a spiritual hellish side to the cross that was so bitter. It made this grown man cry out in anguish. And yet he said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. Why would he go so far to drink of this bitter cup of judgment and wrath? After he lived a life of only tasting the sweetness, he never walked on a false way. He never sinned, never did anything wrong. Why would he do that? I'll end with a little story that I just told Lion. And Lion reminded me of this story, you know, while he was drinking his chocolate milk. He was saying... Uh, he was looking at the candle next to his chocolate milk on the counter. And he asked me, dad, can you touch fire? And I was like, yeah, for a moment, but you shouldn't touch it for too long uh, or else it'll burn you. And he said, well, I actually read the story of these guys in the Bible and they were in a fire and they didn't get burned up. And I was like, you know what else the Bible says? The Bible also says they didn't smell like smoke when they came out of the fire. It also says that the king who threw them in the fire looked in and said, I thought we threw three guys in. It looks like there's four. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And literally did he know it wasn't the son of the gods because there's only one God. It was the son of God. Jesus was in there with them. And interesting, before Lion lost complete interest in what I was talking about, I told him, you know, what's crazy, Lion, the story ends with three guys walking out. But the king said he saw four. Four minus three is one. Where was Jesus? He was still on the fire. Why? Why did the three guys go out? He didn't know. And the Holy Spirit in that moment reminded me that Jesus stayed in the fire so that they could walk out of the fire. Eternal punishment for our sins. Jesus stayed in it. He stayed in the flames. He stayed in the bitter so we could walk out in the sweetness of new and abundant life. Heavy. And when he rose again from the grave, same thing. He didn't smell like smoke. All we have to remind us of what he went through for us is the holes in his hands that we're going to be able to see one day. And that day is coming. And if you want to be one of those people that is looking face to face with your Savior you know, more like you'd probably face to feet 
because we'll be kneeling in front in front of him. But if you want to see the holes in his hands, the holes in his feet, that is reserved for the children of God who have chosen to put away their childish ways and to walk in the ways of maturity as a child of God, following the Lord. And in this moment, you can make that decision. You can say, he heard my cry. In this moment, I'm going to choose to obey you. I may, I may mess up, but there's forgiveness. There's grace. Everything is covered because of the cross. Walk in his ways of wisdom. Amen. Amen. Well, this is the part of the episode where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. So our question today is, where in your life do you need God's wisdom? Where in your life do you need God's wisdom? Well, for me, I mean, if you're a mom, you probably hear this a lot or think it like, I just need wisdom in parenting, right? And so like we have four kids and they're all so different, like the way the Lord made them is so different, right? Mm -hmm. And then where they're at developmentally is so different because of course they're all different ages. And so having the wisdom to parent each one of them, even if um, the life stage they're in, you know, for for example, Amos, our oldest, mm -hmm. what we do with Lion at four might not work, you know, with what we did with Amos at four years old. Yeah. And so constantly needing God's wisdom and you know, I'm so appreciative of like the life advice I've been given. And some of it has really helped shape me um, and my spiritual life. But the times when I really find those good nuggets on how to parent or just anything in life that I need wisdom, it comes from just a deep and rich relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. and seeking him through the word. I love what you said about um, muses. And I can totally like attest to that. Like mm. the times when I feel most creative, where I feel like I can really write. Mm. Um, I like writing and journaling or in the past writing like little captions for photos and stuff like that. Like it came from spending genuine time with the Lord and just spending time with him. Not like, okay, I'm going to spend time with you so that you can tell me something to say to people. <laughs> like it was just like, it was an overflow of his wisdom. And so I just, yeah, I encourage you like to get in the word of God because it is our muse mm. and, um, you know, it's a promise that he'll give you wisdom. Um, in James one, five, it says, if anyone is lacking wisdom, ask, and he will give it to you. So that's a promise from God. And that is what we need for life is wisdom. Um, again, in Proverbs, which is one of the wisdom literatures, it's, um, oh, sorry. Verse five, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you love her and she will guard you. And yeah. so, um, wisdom is rooted in the fear of the Lord because he is the one who knows, um, the way to life. And so we must acknowledge him and follow his plans if we want to live an abundant life. And so that's Eddie, just Eddie. what I've learned from seeking wisdom and just what I'm so grateful for. So it's our prayer that you would delight in the word of God like never before. So you can walk in his ways of wisdom. Um, do you have something to say before we go? No, I just, you're right. I've been reading through the Torah. So I started with Genesis and now I'm actually in Joshua now, but so I finished the Torah, but I just been digesting it, not really reading it to like get a lot out of it, just reading it, just to digest it and chew on it. And, um, 
yeah, these stories and these laws, some of them are heavy. You know, you have to look at them through the lenses of the cross mm-hmm. um, and that all things have been fulfilled through him. But yeah, just getting it in my head and my brain has changed me. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So we're so grateful for you. And we just also want to just take a moment to thank all of our donors. Um, We were able to get a new lens to help hopefully add to the video portion Mm -hmm. of our podcast recordings. And so thank you so much to everyone who has donated. If you'd like to donate, you can visit amenpodcast.com. And we also have some shirts coming up soon. Um, I know if you're listening, you can't see this, but... um, you can visit our website also for these mm-hmm. new shirts that will be released in just a couple of days. So if you're watching on Spotify, you can see the video portion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Sounds they good. They are my favorites. What can you describe it a little? Localani designed them. They're with our new font. It says Amen in the front, uh, you know, real small over the front. And then it says let it be so in like a wavy font over and over again on the back. And uh yeah, unisex, cool colors and soft cotton it's like more of a vintage feel yeah Yeah. vintage feel and like shape and everything but Mm -hmm. we love you guys thank you for being here and go out and be the church amen